You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live. Next, featuring intimate and in-depth interviews with Black Hollywood's next edition of Stars and Influencers. Black Hollywood Live. Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, next... Welcome, 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 welcome to another episode of Black Hollywood Live Next. You see that song in the background? Mm-hmm. Got a little Molly music going on for you this week. And as always, you know right here on Black Hollywood Live Next, we always have who's hot, who's next up in the industry. Today is no exception. Oh, yes. I am your host, Megan Thomas. You can hit me up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Meg Scoop. And who are you, lovely lady? Hey, guys. I'm Courtney Tezano. You guys can keep in touch with me at Tezno's on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, and be sure to use the hashtag BHLNext if you have any questions for our guest today or if you just want to make a comment because we love hearing all your comments. Yes. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. It's right there. Just click five the button. Five stars, please. Subscribe. Five stars. Give us five stars on iTunes. And also, you can always download all of our stuff on SoundCloud as well. So, let me tell you who we have today. This beautiful actress. You've seen her everywhere, okay? And if you've not seen her, that means you've been asleep or in a coma. Yeah. Because she's literally been on everything. You've seen her on OWNS. If loving you is wrong, every Tuesday, 9, 8 Central, you've also seen her slapping the bejesus out of Kevin Hart (laughs) on the the funny and hilarious movie, Get Hard. Give it up for Edwina Finley! Though the slap, <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about it later. But it was so okay. hilarious. I was like, "This girl, you better slap him. Yeah, you better let him know. I can't get call I got that. some exercise with my hands. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. So let's talk a little bit about some casting news. What we have coming? Up. Yeah, let's let's clap that up. Clap that up. Yeah. So some casting news. Um, this is really hilarious. When I saw it, Tyler Perry is now. You know, he's behind the camera all the time. But guess what? He is stepping in front of the camera yet again, and he's going to be on, in the new Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles two what? movie. He's doing a lot of. What is he? Do you know what character? He is? Yes, he is going to be playing Baxter Stockman, an inventor. He's kind of paranoid, a little crazy, and he's going to be joining mm. forces with Shredder. So he's a bad guy in this movie. Look at this! Right, I'm wow. happy to see this. I mean, we love Medea. We love when he's Medea, but I'm happy to see that he's going to be doing this and really pushing the envelope with this one. Right, right. He's going to be. He was uh, in Alex Cross as the main character. He's also, if you saw Gone Girl, he was on, in there as well. Yeah. So. I know you work with him. I know he's your yes. boss. Right. <laughs> is it weird to like see him like, oh, he's an actor. Or do you always think of him in like director producer mode? You know what? It's funny because I think most of the world probably sees the duality, right? Like mm-hmm. I think of him as we've coined the term artist CEO, right? I have an organization called Abundant Life and we're doing a whole program called Artist CEO. And I feel like Tyler Perry is exactly that because uh-huh. he is the Medea character and he was you know starring in Alex Cross and yeah. he also just did Gone Girl and he's obviously about to appear in this but then he's got this exceptional producer mind owner mind you know the studios down in Atlanta are incredible oh, uh-huh. you know and he's expanding into every market right. plays you know yeah. movies TV shows books, right. you name it. So I, I just, I, I think he's 
a master of quite a few trades. Oh, yes. Definitely. Yes. So make sure you check out Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 Summer 2016. All right. Let's go well, we to go with that. Okay. Yeah, let's yeah, go yeah. ahead and get in some fresh beats. So I'm sure you guys have heard by now. It's been about a week now since Mariah Carey released her new single off her album, Number One to Affinity. It's called Infinity. Now, this is a number one hits album. So we're about to see all of the old school Mimi that we love. But this one, people are really reading into the lyrics saying that it has something to do with Nick Cannon. She's dissing him. So I'm going to let you guys listen to a little snippet, and then we're going to get into that a little bit more. She said corny like Fritos. On the map for she me. She said corny <laughs> like Frida. Yes. She said corny like Frida. what you trying to say, Mariah? Yeah. You trying to call him corny? Trying to call yeah. your, your ex-boo yeah. corny? Okay. so we're going to get into that. So fans were really, they were tripping on these lyrics and saying like, what? She's really oh, going in on Nick Cannon. Got, a, got ammo, got a reload. Yeah, like, dang, they're trying to kill him? What's going on? Yes, and then the, the fact that the chorus is mainly like there's an end to infinity means I think she's talking about her divorce and a lot mm. of people would agree with that. But she goes on the record and she pretty much says, this has nothing to do with one particular person. Of course, of it's course. She <laughs> has to say that. Uh-huh. Exactly. It's up to fans' interpretation. That's what she wants to see. And right. it's really about loving yourself. I didn't hear the loving yourself <laughs> part. I didn't hear that part. I was yours eternally. Yes. Okay. It, it There's an really, end to infinity. Yeah, okay. It sounds it. specific. So, what do you guys think about this uh, new single <laughs> she really Girl, he wasn't corny when he was dating them. When y'all was frolicking on the beach with y'all's names on, tatted on each other. It wasn't oh. corny. Oh, I'm just a little. I'm, I'm just wondering whether that lyric may be a little corny. Mm-hmm. Corny, like, like Fritos. <laughs> Corn chips. That was as good as it got. I mean, we may be able to rewrite that lyric. <laughs> right, right, right. But I don't know. I mean, I, I, I love Mariah. I'm still a Mariah fan from um, right. you know Hero. Right. When Hero comes along, <laughs> you know all. those big ballads and those beautiful numbers, and I know that there's so much subtext going back and forth in so many songs now you know I try to stay out of a lot of that drama but obviously it's a conversation starter and I'm sure that Mm -hmm. that was probably Mm -hmm. a part of the goal too right you want the you want the populace to talk about what you're putting out and they are which means that it's a success it's a good song that's catchy it is catchy and then one other thing Nick Cannon he posted the cover on his Instagram um like a couple days later so I feel like that pretty much squashes things that they have like bad blood like he's still supporting her saying go get this album and you know it's a lot of good things that are coming up on this one so I don't know how much so we can good, interpret though. it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because a lot of times media, especially if you're a celebrity, you know, is finding all kinds of ways to get not only in your business, but to get between you and someone else. Yeah. Right, right. And so for you to be able to make that stand and say, you know what, despite what everybody's saying, I'm supporting her. You go support her too mm-hmm. for their own relationship mm-hmm. and for the sake of both being parents right. and having been married for so long. 
I say more power to him. I think that that was a very mature decision. Definitely right. a mature decision. And last thing, you guys, we're going to hear the kids sing on this album. I'm so really excited. Yes. So you guys need to make sure you check it out. It uh, comes out on May 18th. She's going to be touring in Vegas soon. So Aww. Mimi is on the rise. And I don't know. Them babies, yeah. honey. Them little babies. Them babies, what Can they call them. Can we show a picture of the little cuties? They're oh, so cute. Oh, them. my gosh. They're I so cute. Them. And you know what's funny? It, can we go back to the picture where it, it's her album cover showing her legs? Have you, do y'all remember like it's like every single album cover she has shows these perfect legs and I'm like girl all they gotta do is like photoshop some new clothes on you you don't even have to change like seriously yeah <laughs> those legs look the same yes. every album I would buy I'd just be like dang her legs are nice oh. I'm like dang alright girl you don't age at all yeah. <laughs> alright let's talk let's talk about you Edwina and yes. I mean you've done so much let's let's start from the very beginning yes. okay yes. let's take it back okay so you're from DC I am that is great did you ever imagine yourself being in the entertainment industry what other careers did you consider before this I considered being a hairdresser being a lawyer uh, mildly being a doctor being a manager (laughs) everything I'm like what else can I what else can I go uh, to being a minister there was a season where I was like hmm am I called a ministry yes Um, (laughs) yeah so I I mean you know as a kid I was very creative and I was also one of those kids that was always kind of writing like one woman shows wow. and doing them in my bedroom or having puppets like create oh. a whole narrative. You know what <laughs> I mean? So, I mean, you know, there was definitely a point where my mind started drifting of all these different things I could be. But acting was always the through line. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Performing arts was always from a little kid up to now was always the most consistent thing. And when I was finishing college, I went to NYU and, and that was a big step. Like, oh my goodness, am I going to go to school for acting? Am I going to go? And I got accepted to School of the Arts. It's a very prestigious, you know, school for, for drama. And, and once I got accepted, I said, you know what? I believe this is God's sign telling me, you know, I'm supposed to move forward in this way. Mm-hmm. It's not an easy career, but I feel like if you're called to it, then the doors that you're supposed to right. will open. And so that's what I'm really grateful for, that the doors that I've been meant to walk through have been open for me. Yes. Good. Very good. Yes. And then we want to talk a little bit about your roots. So your okay. family roots. is... I know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Someone roots. just told me last night that they're about to do another Roots movie. They are. <laughs> yes. yes. But I was like, Roots. <laughs> All right. I'm ready. Okay, so your family is from Liberia, West Africa. Yes. Um, did you have any... Is there something interesting that you can tell us about your culture that you has really made you the person you are today? Yes. I mean, Liberia, and I don't know if you all know too much about the history of Liberia, but um, in this country, you know, obviously we know from the save, slave trade, a lot of uh, Africans were brought from West Africa to America. Right. And then after slavery kind of repatriated back to, um, to Africa mm-hmm. and where they settled was Liberia. And so there's a whole group of Liberians called the Americo Liberians. Mm-hmm. And those are the ones who pretty much were enslaved here in mm-hmm. the U S and went back to Africa but because the indigenous population saw them as being Americans, mm-hmm, then right. they became Americo Liberians. And so um. when I really began to study that while I was in college, I started having like a little bit of a, of an identity crisis. Cause I'm like, 
I've I've always prided myself on being African and American, right? Mm-hmm. My mom was from California and my father's from West Africa. So I always felt like I'm African American. And then, you know, to kind of find out about the whole Americo Liberian almost as though you're not African enough because oh, you were right, here and then you were right. there. You know, it was just very interesting and I think it points to um just some of the cultural um dichotomies that we have in our society. Right. Exactly. Are you, there's so many, just even within, you know, the African diaspora, mm-hmm. you know, there's blacks all over the world, yeah. but then we can even begin to like subdivide ourselves exactly, according yeah. to all these other, you know, cultural differences. So that, so that was really interesting. You know, I, I think that it's important for all of us to really dig deeper into our heritage oh yeah you know and and learn a lot more about our history definitely yeah. that on that note we all need to not have these identity crises within our culture right. a lot of us do that as african-americans but you talked a lot about um nyc and um in school what would people in high school um say about you now or what did they say back then it's so funny everybody i was always really grown right so everyone like <laughs> Back when I was in high school, they kind of started calling me mother, right? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because at that point, like, I had just gotten saved and, like, I was really just on fire for God. And, you know, it's like, you know, teen teens do what teens do. But I was always the one, like, you don't need to be smoking weed. You don't, you need to put on a longer dress, (laughs) daughter. You don't need to be with that uh, young man. Go sit down. I'm like, you are 15 years old. Why are you telling us what we need to do? Right, somebody's mom. Right. I was like, somebody's mom even back then. So it's, so, you know, I mean, they, they, they definitely teased me then. I think the same people would tease me now for that. Right. Um, because I always act older than my age, you know what I mean? But wise beyond your years. Right. And wise mm-hmm. beyond my years. But yeah. you know, one thing that they always felt was that I was destined to succeed. You know, mm-hmm. I was the president of my high school class oh. and I was the vice president of my junior class. And I was just one of those people that was involved in every, every, everything. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, now with the luxury of social media, Facebook, Twitter, all of that, I'm able to stay in touch with my high school Aww. friends, and they're all just so excited. That's good. You know? That is amazing. Yeah, they're excited. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I love the high school stories. I'm like, right, that, right. that's the, where you really started, for, to be honest. <laughs> but um, you studied in uh, like classical music and theater okay. at um, Duke Ellington, Ellington School of the Arts mm-hmm. um, in Georgetown. Yeah. What was the biggest lesson that you learned from there? I think the biggest lesson was that you, A, you can be multi-talented and you can develop all your talents. Mm -hmm. So I was a theater major there, but I also basically created a minor for myself in music. (laughs) And then I notified the dance department that I'll be coming down there to take dance classes. (laughs) And then I started traveling all over the world with the show choir. Wow. And I was doing student government and I got my first TV show when I was um, in high school. It was Teen Summit on BET. Oh my goodness, Teen Summit. I remember yes, it. Do you remember that? I remember. Hosting. I wanted to be on Teen Summit so bad, honey. <laughs> <laughs> I 
was a Kentucky watching like one day. One day, Team Summit. One day, I'm going to be on Team Summit. I can't. Oh my gosh. But you know, it's like doing all of that. And there were some people that said, Oh, you need to, you know, you need to focus or you need to sit down somewhere. You swinging from the chandeliers. You doing too much. But I feel like, especially as a young person, like that's the time when you can grow and flourish right. and figure out, you know, what your strengths are. And so I would, I would, I would definitely say that one of the things I learned is to get in touch with all of my creativity and all my creative sides. And then I also learned that if you really want to be exceptional in something that you have to put in the work. Right. So it's not enough to just bounce around to all these different things. There's a point where you have to decide what am I going to invest in? What am I willing to sow the discipline into the time, into the money, into the focus, into in order to reap a harvest in this area? Mm -hmm. Wow. Well, it's all about focusing. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, it is. And then you have done a lot of plays. My goodness. You've done everything. Um, <laughs> as far as TV and film, which mm-hmm. do you find the most challenging? Hmm. Between plays, TV, and film, or between TV and film? Between TV and film. Okay, between and TV plays and film. Too. No, I don't know. Okay, plays you too. want to know everything. Okay, so I'm three theater, of them. TV, and right. film. What's the most challenging? Um, I would say, in some ways, I would say theater. The reason being is because in theater, you have about a month of rehearsal Mm -hmm. before you even jump into performance, right? And then within that month of rehearsal, you're doing research, you're having dialect coaches, you're having um, dramaturgs, you know, you are fully going all the way in as far as um, just learning what this culture is, what this world is, what the historical time period is. Um, as well as just rehearsing all of the movements, the blocking, the, you know, the play from beginning to end. And you're talking about usually over a hundred pages that you're learning all together. And then you're performing every night for a different audience all the way to the back of the house. You're in the moment, different things change and happen in one day. And you're doing that for eight shows a week, six days a week. So theater and you're getting paid substantially less right than tv and film so i would say personally that theater um is one of the most challenging art forms to me which probably is another reason why everybody's not necessarily pursuing theater you mm-hmm. know as a career mm-hmm. like typically theater is is where you really have to have trained right you know it requires some muscles it requires some real muscles. Yeah. Um, so I would I would say that. But at the same time, you know, I'm kind of just beginning to flourish in this film space, right? And so in some ways, film is a lot like plays in the sense that when you have a lead role, especially if it's a period piece or mm-hmm. a biopic, you mm-hmm. know, then you, that same type of work that you're doing in plays as far as dramaturgy and dialect and right. all that kind of thing, you're able to pour into movies as well. So I don't know. I, I think it really has to do with the artist's approach. I'm really, I'm, you know, I like to go really deep. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. I can have one line 
Right. <laughs> I could have one line. You literally, created this world. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> what's my motivation? <laughs> wait, what am I thinking? What's the moment before? Where did my character come from? Where is she going? What are her deepest desires and dreams? Okay, now I'm ready. Right? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, where some people's like, okay, it's not that deep. What's my line? Okay. Right. You know, and then they say it. So I just really have a respect for the craft no matter what the medium is uh-huh. and I try to give it 110%. And it shows, honey. It shows. And so in 2003 you were on The Wire as yeah. Tasha Mitchell. Yes. And were you filming in Baltimore at the time? I was filming in Baltimore. How? So now that we see all the stuff that's going on right now there's a riots mm. going on in Baltimore it, is there any difference from how Baltimore is now versus how it was when you were there filming? Well, I definitely um, think that Baltimore has gentrified a lot more you know, in over 10 years. I mean, that's most cities in this country and certainly most predominantly African-American cities. We Mm -hmm. see a lot of gentrification. So it definitely has. Also, I think probably the disparity between East-West Baltimore or the different socioeconomic, um, you know, regions of Baltimore, the schism is probably a lot larger now because mm. there's been so much development in certain right, areas. In fact, right. I was just watching a video um, the other day with a, a young guy and he was kind of berating um, Geraldo Rivera. You may have seen oh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm pretty mm. much like, get out of our neighborhood. You all don't care about us. You know, when we're doing amazing things, you're right. not here to report on it. Yeah. You know, but then also like you're not here to report on the disparity between that side of Baltimore and this side of Baltimore. And I can say as someone who has filmed Veep in Baltimore for HBO and as someone who's filmed The Wire. Right. There's a difference. In Baltimore (laughs) HBO. There's a big, big difference. Right. Big difference. You know, one side is like four seasons. You know, the other side is hoods. The heart of the side is projects. You know (laughs) what I'm saying? And Mm -hmm. so I can understand why a person can stand, you know, in the middle and say, I, I, I want more fairness here, right. you know? And yeah. so I, I think it's unfortunate the way that, that, um, I guess the, the pain of it all is being expressed mm-hmm. because I do believe that the rioting and, you know, the protesting and all that it's, it's rooted, you know, yeah. in a pain that has not been fully addressed. Right. So mm-hmm. my prayer is that we will see healing soon. Definitely. Prayers yeah. for Baltimore. Yes. yes. Baltimore. So in 2005, you were on One Life to Live as Nurse yes. Messner, honey. <laughs> like, we taking it back. Yes. <laughs> and that One Life to Live has been on since like the 60s. Oh, my. So uh, I've heard from a lot of people that when you're on a soap opera, it's just, it's so much dialogue. There's so much stuff that you have to learn in a short amount of time. Is that Was that your experience as well, being on that set? You know what? I think I was just so excited. <laughs> you know, because coming out of college, especially if you've gone to school for the arts, your biggest dream is to be able to work in your profession, right? right? That's right. the biggest dream and that's the biggest challenge. So when I came out of school and was able to, you know, work on stage and do Shakespeare and all that and then do The Wire and, like, be a gangster and then be, like, this this nurse in a mental hospital on a soap opera, it was like, oh, my gosh, wow! You know, all these characters and stories and Asa and, and yeah. who's Blair and all that. I was just caught up in the drama of it, honey. I, I just... I don't know. I just, I, I was just so excited to be there. And like I said, I told you kind of what my work ethic is as an mm-hmm. actress. So 
if it was a lot of dialogue and if it was, you know, overwhelming, I didn't feel it because I was just so excited to be there and I was excited to do the work with all these seasoned right. artists. Yes. Right, right. And I know, girl, I was like, why am I so, I gotta go catch these clips. I know! <laughs> I They're online. You can find them. Okay, <laughs> yes. I'll go look it up. Okay, so you also starred as Rosie in one of my favorite films, which is Middle of Nowhere. Oh, yeah. By yes, yes, Ava yes. DuVernay, who you've seen, she directed Selma. Yes. And, an amazing director that was an indie film but it it ended up being pretty pretty huge and it had a lot of um, people following it and people just loved it It, what was your reason for doing an indie film because of course at that time you probably had no idea how huge it was going to be I had no idea I don't think any of us had any idea this you know just the impact that it was going to make at that time, I was going in between two different TV series. I was doing uh, Treme on HBO, and I was doing Brothers and Sisters on HBO. And I read the script, and what really struck me about it was just the honesty. Mm-hmm. You know, the honesty and and the complexity of these different people in this situation, in these characters. And I felt like it would be a wonderful opportunity to be able to go underneath the layers of these people and really portray this role with honesty um, and go on that journey. And so um, it's kind of funny because at first um, I was up for a different role mm-hmm. and then I ended up being switched over to another role. And, and even that was great too, because again, as an actor and especially someone that likes to kind of shape shift, mm-hmm. you know, and move in and out of different characters, um, it was interesting kind of stepping into two roles and being able to see the same story from two different lenses. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, and, and working with Ava was awesome. And of course, independent film is, is quick. It's like you, yes. it's quick. <laughs> you go all in. It's a labor of love. You know what I mean? And you just, everyone's there for a common goal. Everyone wants to just create the best art possible. Mm -hmm. And that's really a lot of times what the goal of independent film is. So for it to have gone on and just had this incredible life of its own has just really been a gift. And so you were talking about, you know, being an actress who shapeshifts. Is there any role that you're like, I can't do that. I'm sorry. I draw the line there. (laughs) You know what? I have had to say no to um, nudity. Okay. You know, there are some roles, there's some things that are just gratuitous, mm-hmm. right? So what I look for is, even if there's a character, because a lot of the characters I've played, the majority of characters I've played, at least in television and film, um, are people from a, a totally different type of existence than me, mm-hmm. who make very different choices than I would make, who are from a very different background than I'm from, right? Um, that have gone on a journey through life that I have not chosen. Mm-hmm. What it's helped me to do is be more understanding of other people, less judgmental mm. of other people. It's forced me to place myself literally in their shoes and begin to understand their decisions and understand their journey and walk with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when I feel like a story, even if it's something that I may completely disagree with, you know, as far as this woman and why does she do this? And you know what I mean? Like you can see a biopic where a woman kills a kid or whatever. Right. And it's like, Oh my goodness. what? But then as an actor, it's your job to step into this person's shoes and to understand their journey and why they chose to do what they did. What I don't particularly care for is when it's just a gratuitous situation, you know, where it's just being exploited, where there is no real lesson, you know, where there is no real um, 
outcome that's somehow enlightening, you know, for the audience. In that case, it's like, mm, you know, is it really worth it to, yeah. to, to, to do this story for superficial reasons? For me, usually not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about your husband? I know you're ready. Does he have like, no, baby, you can't, sh- don't show your goods. Is yeah. he like that too? Or is he you like, whatever what? you want to do, you can do? This is funny because when I do like red carpets and stuff like that, I will, like, I'll try on all these dresses and then I'll come in and be like, so what about this? And he'd be like, did I, <laughs> I nicely take my home parts right back in that bedroom and try on another dress? And sometimes he surprises me. Sometimes I'm like, okay, this is low, it's tight. You know, yeah. he's like, Oh, that's really, really nice. I'm like, turn around. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's not. I'm like, it, it, it is. You're cool. You're cool. He, you okay. okay. I'm okay. But, you know, I, I don't trust myself. Like, I really feel like I, I, I need that grounding. Like, I always right. want to make sure I have that grounding. I always want to make sure that what I'm doing, you know what I mean? That I bounce it off of someone else who I, who I trust and who has wisdom and discernment and all of that to just say like, okay, am I on the right path? Am I on the right road? Yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> if I'm not, tell me, you know what I mean? And I'll pray about it and see, do I agree with you? Right, right. You know, and mm-hmm. then make the appropriate adjustments. But so far, I don't think he's led me astray. Good, good. <laughs> so good. Straight in there, bro. <laughs> right. Yes. So then, um, 2010 and 2013, you were on Treme, which was yes. um, an HBO show all about New Orleans and everything that happened after Hurricane Katrina. And I know you had to go there to film. Yeah. So, what was it like to be on that set? Because there's so there was such an amazing cast. Oh Everybody's on that show. What was it like, and what did you learn from being on that show? Oh my goodness, it was incredible. Honestly, we used to always say that the star of the show was New Orleans, right? Mm-hmm. You know, um, because even that was just really a labor of love. Like we went into it with love. You know, obviously in 2006 with the whole catastrophe that was Hurricane Katrina, you know, we all watched and were transfixed, you know, watching the news Mm -hmm. and seeing our people, you know, being treated or at least appearing as refugees in our own land. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It was, it was, um, tumultuous and, um, and the trials were real. And so for there to now be a series created around it, from the same creator as The Wire, Mm -hmm. you know, and now it's a new city, a new story. I mean, that was exciting. And then also New Orleans is a place unlike any other place on this planet. And so that was my first time Mm -hmm. ever visiting New Orleans was when we started shooting the pilot. Mm -hmm. And so I did, again, all this research, you know, coming into it because I'm like, who are the Mardi Gras Indians? And, Mm -hmm. you know, who are the what's this different language and this culture and this food and these Mm -hmm. costumes, you know, this heritage, this legacy. There was so much in the show mm-hmm. to unpack and so myself and Clark Peters who played my dad on the show and who also was on the wire mm-hmm. we would just spend all kinds of time together you know just talking about the 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 heritage the legacy and I love true stories too yes. and our family uh, on the show was um, loosely based off of an actual family there in New Orleans. And it was funny because I had actually met one of the family members in New York and another one in Florida, having no idea at that time wow. that they were that family. Uh-huh. And then, so afterward, of course, I'm calling them like, tell me your whole life story right now. <laughs> <laughs> right now I'm playing your family. Tell me, right, right, right. you know, and so that, that was great. And, and I think the biggest joy of it was how embraced we were in the community because a lot of people, from New Orleans, 
you know, have sort of frowned upon different shows that have claimed to show New Orleans. But with our show, so many people just felt it was so authentic, that it was so respectful to the actual events and to the actual people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and to the heritage and culture, which is New Orleans. And so that was a blessing. What was your, what was your favorite restaurant eating there? Oh, oh you can't you can ask mm. that, Megan. I just, I just had all these Mr. flashbacks. Oh, yes. <laughs> Actually, Alfred Woodard and I used to go there. And Candy Alexander. Mm. Um, we would go to Mr. B's because we were all down there filming. Um, also, there's a place called um, Couchon. Okay. Which is fabulous. If you all ever want bread pudding, it's like oh the gosh. most incredible. And then there's a place called Mother's. Oh, yes, honey. You mothers. know Mother's. I know Mother's. And that line out the door. <laughs> the line. Oh, oh, so oh, all the way around the corner. Down the block. What? Yes. Okay, I'm sure. Did you get any boudin? I always ask people that. Do you know boudin? what boudin is? My family's Creole, so boudin. It's boudin. Girl, no. you, you saw it and you didn't eat. I touch saw it, it and I didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. but you didn't. Why time. didn't you tell Next me? Girl, don't, you should have told don't me. Don't eat it. Don't eat it. She over here trying to set you up because she's Ooh. Creole. No, 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 yeah. honey, it's good. Boudin. No, it's not, what, what is, is it like? Pig intestines? Oh, 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 no. you know what, my what is boudin? No, 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 no. It's like you sausage. know a place I love, love, love. Commander's Palace. Love the food there. What was your favorite dish there? Oh my gosh. Well, I stepped out on a complete edge and tried turtle soup, which they're known for. I I just took one little bite of someone else's. I'm like, I think I'm good. Just the thought of it kind of freaked me out a little bit, but it it actually was better. It was. It was good. (laughs) It was better than I thought it would be. They just got to change the name of it. That's it. Right. But there was some dish. I have to remember. There was one dish that I had there that. In fact, I ate there last Mother's Day when I was there Mm-mm. filming Get Hard. I ate at Commander's Palace. See? I have to remember what I had. It was just scrumptious. Yes, all of New Orleans fans, feel free to send us some food. Right. Yeah, yeah, in Just LA. It's it. nothing, nothing like New Orleans. Oh, yes. yes. You guys. We're yes. <laughs> so you currently star on Tyler Perry's hit show, If Loving You Is Wrong, yes. which has, it. it's a very multicultural uh, cast as well. It's so much drama. Yes. So much drama. Yes. And it's I love that whole cast. I love you guys so oh, much. Thank yes. you. Wait, what is it like working for him and being in that place, especially since technically his boss would be Oprah, I guess. Like, so your <laughs> boss is partner. Oprah. Right. So your boss is Oprah. Okay. Yeah. So how is it working on that show? So inspiring, honestly. Um, working there at Tyler Perry Studios, first of all, I'm convinced that Tyler Perry Studios is holy ground. <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm so right, serious. Right. Like, literally, there was one year where I I drove up didn't know Tyler, didn't know, had never been to the studios, anything. It was New Year's Day. And I was uh, in Atlanta visiting my family. And we were, my husband and I were about to drive up to Virginia, right? So we're going to do like a road trip. And I said, wait, sweetie, I need you to drive me by Tyler Perry Studios. He's like, what? Mm-hmm. We, we on the road. Right. I said, no, 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 I need you to turn the car around. I need you to drive me to Tyler Perry Studios. And so... He drives me there, and then the people are like, ma'am, it's New Year's Day, <laughs> and you have no pass, you know, right, no one right. on this lot, what are you doing here, you know, and and so they wouldn't let me through, it was closed. Mm-hmm. I said, that's all right. I got out of the car, and I just put my foot on the ground. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, like, literally stuck my foot out, and I started praying. Amen. And I just started praying over this place. I prayed over it and and at that point I I I just felt like 
I'm like there's something about this place that I'm connected to, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm supposed to pay attention to. And I just said that prayer. And then I got back in the car and we drove off. Mm -hmm. And that was that was, I think, the year before I ended up getting cast in the show. Yeah. And so and so now, like going to work there every day, like, oh, yes, Miss Finley, come on in. Like, hi. Thank you. Thank you very much. I have arrived. You know, but it's it's there's something literally very special and very holy about that place. Tyler prays over us like Mm -hmm. every morning before we even begin production. Mm-hmm. Where does that happen? Right. Mm-hmm. I've never experienced that. Like you said, yes. I've worked in a lot of places on a lot of shows. I've never experienced that. Mm-hmm. Someone who's gathered everyone together from from the carpenters to the hairstylists to the cooks right. to you know to the actors to the producers and writers and just bring everybody together. You know, and just bless us all before we go off and do our respective, you know, art forms is incredible. You know, I'm going to need you to touch me later and give me some of that favor. Yes. (laughs) Thank you. As I learned early on, favor ain't fair. It sure ain't, honey. (laughs) Okay. Mm -mm -mm. God is not a respecter of persons. If you can do it for me. Oh, yes. You better yeah. say that. And then also, yeah. so for this show, um, because we've heard, we've had a few people sitting there. April Parker Jones has been there. Oh, yes, we've yay. had a lot of people that have worked Literally, for... Literally, I love this whole cast. Yes, Andre oh. Hall, um, like uh, Jacqueline Beetham, a lot of people that have been on different shows for him. Mm-hmm. And they, they talk about how you got to be on your A-game because he shoots so quickly. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of dialogue. Is that the same with your show as well? We do have to be super prepared mm-hmm. super prepared and so it's interesting because a lot of up and coming artists you know they'll lament of all the auditions and I gotta be here and I gotta be there and I gotta learn this script I gotta learn this role but it's all preparation right. because when it's time it's time you know and when we're shooting it's time mm-hmm. so we could go home at midnight you could turn back around and have to be back in the makeup chair at 8 o'clock in the morning and you need to have all your lines memorized for the next day so mm-hmm. you have to f- have a very um, high stamina and, and just a very disciplined work ethic you know right. to be able to, to do these shows man well it's a great show so make sure you guys check out If Loving You Is Wrong mm-hmm. on OWN every Tuesday yes. night 8 central you, yes. <laughs> yes. 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 you have to say you it like that, that. You Loving You Is Wrong it's just a drama film okay so you are also in the movie that's out right now in theaters Get Hard with Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell yes. and you play Kevin Hart's wife yes. and girl you are hilarious we have a clip oh do you yes we have a clip so we have to play it let's go ahead and play that clip Alexis yes <laughs> okay, so it's going to take a second. So, okay. while she pulls it up, let's just talk about you um, being on this movie. We'll play it in a second, Alexis. But what was it like? Because you're here with Will Ferrell. You're here with Kevin Hart. That's two of the funniest men in comedy. Yes. Like, how did you keep a straight face on that set? Honestly, half the time I couldn't. <laughs> half the time I'm like exploding with laughter and just hoping that the camera is not picking me up. I'm like, hopefully the camera's on will so that I can just have my moment and come back to myself right. because there were, especially during the imp- improvised parts, uh-huh. you know, where things just happen unexpected. It's like, oh my gosh, I was not see that blooper reel. Oh, oh that blooper reel. Oh man. <laughs> the blooper reel. Oh, it will it take you to amazing. another level. It will. Hey, that's a it whole other movie in itself. Like it we just is. gotta have a whole movie of bloopers. It is. Right. You know, but I just, I just loved. 
I mean, everything about it, you know, Will and Kevin, they're both so generous and so kind um, and very welcoming, you know, for me, especially because I've done so much drama, uh-huh. you know what I mean? And so at first I was a little bit nervous. I'm like, I'm going into a comedy and how's it going to be? And so, you know, I'm doing improv classes and this and that. And uh-huh. I'm like, I got to be ready for him. I got to be ready, you know, but just for us to gel, you know, as this family, um, you know, on, on the movie and to be with, with people who I respect so much and, and greatly admire mm-hmm. is always a dream. Well, let's see how you did, honey. Let's see how you did. <laughs> Go ahead and play. What reason did you give him to assume that you went to jail? I was being black. You're not exactly a thug, Darnell. All I gotta do is talk a little deeper. I'm gonna say goodnight. Bitch, don't walk away from me. What the hell did I say? Stop! Stop! I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That arm swung extra. Right. All the way. That was an extra rotation. Extra rotation. That was coming out of socket, honey. You're lit. Did you really hear him, brother? Yes. Multiple times. Oh, my gosh. You know he's on his whole little health kick. (laughs) That body is diesel. I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my hand. Like, okay, we're not going to let you get him from it. Look, look, slow motion. Slow motion. (laughs) (laughs) And that's about how many times I had to do it. (laughs) Oh, my God. Were you bruised up? Was he bruised up? Oh, fully. Like, there was a point where they were like, okay, stop. (laughs) I got one more. We got it. We got it. Oh man! Yeah, that, that movie times. is hilarious. Are you, do you, you think you're gonna do more comedy now? Yes. Good, good, good. Yes. It's funny because right before that, um, I was working on Veep on HBO, and it was the same um, casting director, and she mostly does comedies, like all the big comedy movies. She's the casting director, bridesmaid. I mean, just everything. Mm-hmm. Like she cast, and uh-huh. so. It was kind of great, you know, going in for her and like hearing everybody laughing and hollering, you know, because. Especially in this business, if you become known for something, sometimes people don't see you as something else, right, right? right? And I think that's one of the blessings of training, too, that you know how to go in and out of different mediums and in and out mm-hmm. of different styles of, 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 of acting. And, um, and so it definitely did something for me. You know, it made me feel good that while well, now I'm able to move around a lot more, like even within the comedy space. So that uh-huh. was nice. Good. Yeah. So I'm, I'm looking good. forward to a lot more comedy. Yeah, definitely. absolutely. And then what upcoming projects do you have? Oh, well, we go back to start filming season two of the show. We go back in about two weeks okay. Okay. to start filming the whole next season of If Loving You Is Wrong. Okay. Um, I have another movie coming out called Free Indeed, which is based on a true story of a young woman who has two small children. They're all living in poverty. The oldest um, child is autistic. And she's desperately looking for um, healing and a cure for her child. And um, and the other movie I have coming out is called Where Children Play. Mm-hmm. And that's a family drama as well. And then I have one oh. more movie um, Ooh, that's in it, pre-production man. called All the Children Are Insane. Mm. And that's, um, that's a horror kind of a movie? family. No. Oh, it, well, well <laughs> actually, no, there are some like thriller elements of okay. it. Okay. Which is funny. You all didn't ask me about my one and only horror movie. <laughs> which was another uh, genre, you know, kind of genre a twist for me. Which, what was the name of it? Insidious 2. Oh, yeah, you were in yes, that. Yes, you, yes. 
Did you like have to go pray every day before you I went did, off that? No, like, I, really I don't did. want this. But like, y'all know me. I was like, Lord, did you please? Lord, if it's some spirits over here, bind them. Father, bind these spirits. Let me be able to walk free. Jesus. Oh my gosh. No, I really did on set. I asked, I asked the, um, I asked one of the hairstyles, or no, it was the makeup artist, and she was doing my makeup. I was like, so, and I tried to keep it real casual. I was like, so, because she does all their movies, right? All, uh-huh. The whole, you know, all their horror movies. And I said, so, um, have you ever seen any, you know, try to keep it real calm, have you ever seen anything unusual happen <laughs> um, on any of these horror sets you've been working on? And she was like, oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, no! <laughs> like, and she was like, oh, girl, yeah, we were in the basement, and this thing, this, like, metal thing started walking toward us. Oh, my god! We were all freaked out, and we mm. had the video on our cell phones. You want to see that? I'm like, mm. no, no, no. Rebuke, like, rebuke. Oh, no, I'm okay. <laughs> rebuke. I'm all right. Man. So, so, so yeah, I, I absolutely believe in the uh, supernatural. Man. Oof, my yeah. goodness. Oof. Well, you know what? Let's go ahead and talk about Abundant Life You. I think that's okay. a, a good little segue. Let's get off of yes. that. Let's review that. <laughs> Let's talk about Go off the ghost. Yes. Yes. Tell us about it. Tell us about it. You know, and by the way, I be getting emails, girl. I'm coming to one of the seminars. You'll see me in there. Don't act like you don't know me either. What is this post? I'm coming to the I know that was where you said you've heard me speak at a couple of Oh my gosh, you're so amazing. You are so inspirational. God definitely has his hands over you, honey. And I was in there like, I don't know this girl, but I love her. She's awesome. So yeah, tell us about Abundant Life You and why you decided to do that. Abundant Life started literally about 10 years ago in New York and I literally just I it was in a season of my life where I just felt such an overflow of inspiration like no matter where I went I just felt like I have to spread the word right <laughs> so I mean I was in the projects I was all over New York City and I had um, gotten a job with a psychologist who was doing these stress management workshops and I was like sure I'll help people relieve their stress <laughs> And I had just come out of college and literally I was like in the Bronx and in Brooklyn and Queens and Harlem, just Staten Island, all over New York City doing these empowerment workshops and inspirational workshops. And then finally I ended up transitioning from his company and starting my own organization, Abundant Life You. And then myself and my team, we just started traveling all over the country and empowering people and teaching them how to discover their purpose, teaching them how to manifest dreams, teaching them about vision. Mm -hmm. And then we started this whole artist component that was specific to artists who are either in or desire to be in the entertainment industry. And so now um, we have launched a school right here in L.A., for artists and we've launched with a um a boot camp called artist ceo Mm -hmm. which is really about managing the business side of your life of your finances as an artist and creative professional as well as developing a strategic plan for your career and so we meet Mm -hmm. every saturdays it's all day i mean we go all the way in Mm -hmm. you know but but i'm I, I am really um, empowered by transformation. Mm-hmm. You know, like Oprah talks a lot about the aha moment, you mm-hmm. know, which gets her excited. And I'm kind of like that, too, when I'm either giving keynote addresses or when I'm giving workshops or doing panels or doing, you know, seminars or conferences or whatever it is. 
I just love when people receive something that's going to actually take them into, you know, launch them into another level of life. Mm-hmm. That gets me really excited. And so, yeah, that's that's what I do um, when I'm not on set. I'm, I'm <laughs> right. empowering people. Yes. Yes. I can tell that you're passionate about it. You're beaming about it when yes. you talk about it. That's yes, awesome. that's your Thank baby. You. I see it. That's Thank everything. You. And so where can people find out more about Abundant Life Viewer if they want to check you out on social media? Where can they find you? Sure. Well, everything is housed on my website, edwinafinley.com. Um, my Twitter, Instagram are both at Edwina Findley. And my Facebook is Edwina Findley Dickerson. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, before we go, and, okay, yes. so let's talk about that because you have the little hyphenation, I guess. Like, it's not hyphenation. In fact, my okay. husband did not want a hyphenation, which... I still don't really understand why, like what the difference is between, you know, two different names and a hyphenated name. I don't know. Right. Honestly, I added Dickerson because I felt like, you know, a lot of people in the industry, the woman will keep their name and the husband will keep their name, but then you can't never call them like Mr. And Mrs. Someone. Right. And I, I just felt like I want to be a Mr. And Mrs. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I don't I'm still young. I don't want to have to go the whole rest of my life and not be able to be a Mrs. Uh-huh. someone, right? And so and so I felt like that was the best way to start transitioning into uh, that name cuz then we know that we know Finley so I'm like I'm just going to put in that Dickerson right. so that eventually maybe I can be like Edwina F. Dickerson. Yes. You know what I mean? Then I can be Edwina Dickerson. So it's a little bit of a transition. I'm, I'm still learning. It's been about two years of, of Aww, marriage, but I good. love it. And I definitely am so appreciative for my husband and appreciative to have found true love. Yay, yes, yes, yes. We love it. Yes. You can definitely check Edwina Finley Dickerson out on Owns If Loving You Is Wrong every Tuesday, 9, 8 Central. And don't forget to check out Get Hard in theaters now. You'll see it with Kevin Hart and Will Ferrell. Yes. Where can we find you, lovely lady? You guys lady? can always keep in touch with me at Tez Knows on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you thought about this episode. Edwina's awesome. Yes. And you can find Aww. me, Megan Thomas, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at MegScoop. Let me know what you think about BHL Next with the hashtag BHL Next. All right. Till next week, y'all. We will see you. Bye. 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 From producers Maria Menunos, Jerry O'Kristen, Tiana Hobson, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire BHL crew, we would like to thank you for supporting Black Hollywood Live, the first online broadcast network dedicated to African-American entertainment. For questions and comments, contact us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. Like us on Facebook, tweet us or Instagram us at BHL Online. And I'm your BHL announcer, Scipio. Instagram me at Planet Scipio. Thank you for tuning in. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host owner and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.